This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. On the agenda today, we have news of a new contract, reported updates on the transfer window and the Merseyside derby. Liverpool legend gives his opinion on Timo Werner and links to two players I doubt many people have heard of. And to talk through those headlines, I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, I was preparing for this podcast last night when news came through about half past ten about Adam Lallana. It's been reported on the Echoes website by our chief LFC writer, Ian Doyle. But what's it all about, Matt? Yeah, it's uh, an interesting story. It's one that we sort of expected to be talking about at some stage, I think. And yeah, Adam Alana, it seems, is going to extend his contract uh, just in the short term to cover the rest of this season because, of course, it was due to expire on June the 30th. So he'll extend that just by a few weeks, purely and simply, to get him to the end of this season. And and Liverpool, really, and, and Jurgen Klopp in particular, I think, will have pushed for this. They they were keen to reward his season, really. He's obviously played a fairly significant role. Um, when you think of the, the late equaliser against Manchester United at Old Trafford to keep alive at that stage, the, the unbeaten run and that sort of thing, he's played a big role and, and off the pitch as well. I think he's you know, widely accepted to be a hugely influential figure. So, yeah, I think it's it was one of those, as I say, it was expected. It, it was always understood that this was likely to be the case, but this seems to be the confirmation that it's agreed. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the piece that Doyle has written on on our website is it, it does say that, that Jürgen Klopp will prioritise the youngsters and, and people like Curtis Jones, who we think will probably succeed Lallana next season in terms of the minutes that, that he will get. You know, he'll get more chances, I think, Jones uh, between now and, and the end of the season than, than Lallana will. But, you know, it, it's still, you know, it, it's almost not a token gesture, but it, it's almost, you know, even if Lallana doesn't play, it's nice to have him around. It, it's nice to keep him involved because, you know, he, he's been a, a Liverpool player for a long time now and, and he's played a big role, as I say. So, important one, I think, for for, for Jurgen Klopp to do, but sort of the, the obvious choice as well, really. I mean, there is that complication of, of Lallana potentially going up against teams that he could end up joining at the end of this season and he won't want to get injured or, or anything like that, which Liverpool are very much aware of. But, you know, I think from Lallana's perspective and, and from Liverpool's perspective, this was the obvious thing to do, really. It's just the, the common sense solution. And I suppose it's a, a little bit similar to the, the news yesterday that Harry Wilson was extending his loan at Bournemouth for the rest of this season. And, and Rian Brewster will do the same at Swansea. I think Herbie Kane has, has done the same with Hull. So, yeah, just common sense all round, really, and fairly straightforward and, and simple decision. It was, and the Premier League, Premier League have obviously come to the agreement with with clubs like Liverpool to able to enable them to to ensure players like Lallana, who is out of contract after June the thirtieth, that they can sign short term deals. A number of other players are in this position. Uh, one thing that's not clear yet is is regards to the summer transfer window, when it will open and when it will be shut. But there has been a story that was first published by Sky Sports and has since been picked up by the Echoes website where there appears there's, there's actually progress on this front. Yeah, it, it seems like the FA uh, are in talks to make the transfer window really run from August to October. Uh, so slightly different, of course, to, to usual. I think 
normally the, the transfer window would open in about nine or, or ten days or so, but obviously that can't happen because the season will only just have started again at that stage. So, you know, it, it makes sense that the transfer window gets moved. I think if there's only going to be a couple of weeks between the end of this season and, and the start of next, you can't really force everyone to do deals in that period because there's just simply not enough time. So it seems like in England, uh, the transfer window will, will run from August to October. That's the most likely thing at this stage. But, you know, individual associations, individual leagues and, and countries around Europe will decide their own dates. I mean, France, for example, their league is now cancelled. So they're in a completely different situation to what we are in England. So, you know, their domestic transfer window I think opened on on Monday. Um, they'll have to to sort of wait and, and decide what they do because you know it, there has to be some sort of uniformity I think across Europe because you know if you want to, to sign a player from France and, and you're in England, there's no point trying to do that if if the transfer windows are not at the same time. So I think they'll as much as the FA will be in talks to do certain things in this country and, and align that with the, the Premier League, the Championship, and lower down. There's got to be some sort of uh, UEFA standpoint as well, where you know these transfers between countries can take place um, at a certain point. Whether that's August to October, whether that's something completely different, who knows? But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those that that does have to be decided. I think having uh, that that August September October period makes a lot of sense. I think it, it gives clubs a bit more time to decide how much money they've got available to spend. Obviously, we've seen with Timo Werner that, that Liverpool maybe haven't got loads of money to, to splash this summer, but other clubs will, will be in a similar situation where everyone is assessing their finances and you know we don't expect that there'll be as many transfers and, and as much money spent as there is normally, but there will be transfers that take place. So yeah, we, we do need a, a transfer window and I suppose the the interesting thing really for, for me on this one is that obviously I think maybe two years ago that the Premier League moved to uh, sort of finish the transfer window before the season started and, and that was a, a big thing at the time and, and now we're going to have possibly three months of transfers whilst the, the league takes place. So quite the opposite, I think, to, to what most Premier League clubs would want in ideal times. But of course, we are at the moment in, in anything but so... It, it's one of those that just for a one-off season, I think the transfer window will be moved. And yeah, again, like the, the first story, it, it does seem to be common sense. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You mentioned Timo Werner there. It's fairly clear now that he will be signing for Chelsea and, and not Liverpool. And on our last morning bulletin podcast that we did, Matt, last Thursday, we were reporting how the transfer window podcast believed Werner only had eyes for, for Liverpool. But later in the day, it became clear that was certainly not the case. And in fact, he was, he'd agreed to go to Chelsea. It's the kind of fluid nature of transfers. They, they move on all the time behind the scenes. And since that's happened, a lot of people have had their say on this, you know, whether Werner should be should should be signing for Chelsea, whether Liverpool should have kind of found the money find the money to to sign him, and uh, the latest person to have his say on it is the former Liverpool striker John Aldridge, and he's been speaking in his column in the Liverpool Echo today. Yeah, I mean, Aldo really in complete agreement with myself. Really, I think the Timo Werner transfer is is going to be disappointing for Liverpool fans because you know everyone has, has talked about it for for so long, and it seemed like one of those that was going to happen. 
Um, but as I say, Liverpool just not in a situation at the moment where they can afford to to spend that sort of money. I mean, the, the whole package in terms of, of transfer fee and wages would have been you know, at least 100 million. So it, it is a significant uh, sort of investment at, at this stage when you consider how much money Liverpool potentially could still lose because of, of coronavirus. So, you know, it, it's one of those where Aldo says, trust FSG, trust Jürgen Klopp to make the right call. And, you know, as I say, I'm in complete agreement because, you know, we've seen so many times over the last few years that the Liverpool fans have been slightly concerned at certain transfers or, or deals not taking place or, or taking place and, and the player has come good or, or whatever. Uh, but whatever way you look at it, the transfer decisions that, that the people behind the scenes at, at Liverpool have made over the last few seasons have been absolutely impeccable. I think there's only probably one in, in Loris Carriers, which has, has ended up going wrong. But you know, even that, I think it was 4.7 million to, to bring him in. So, you know, it, it really wasn't um, a complete disaster, I don't think, on on that front. So, yeah, Aldo says Timo Werner, disappointing but understandable. Uh, for, for all of those reasons that we've discussed, I think he's he's absolutely spot on, and as he as he says himself, I think if Timo Werner was was really wanted by Liverpool, I think Liverpool would have got him um, because Timo Werner quite clearly, I think, preferred to come to Liverpool rather than Chelsea. But Chelsea seemingly the only offer on the table because, as we discussed last week, Liverpool hadn't been in talks with with Leipzig or, or the player at all. So. Yeah, it's one of those. I think look, it's not the last we've heard. Of it. I think certainly not. I mean, if if next season Team Werner does end up playing for Chelsea, it's going to be a story. Even if it's gone away by that point, it will come back as, as soon as he scores his first goal or whatever. So it's one of those that that isn't going to go anywhere. But look, time will tell whether Liverpool have got this one right or not. And, even if Timo Werner is the best player in the world for Chelsea, I still think Liverpool are, are in a stronger position. You know, they're, they're 25 points clear at the top of the table at this moment in time. So, look, everything is is not a disaster, as some people on Twitter might have you believe. 25 points clear at the top of the table and just two wins needed to secure the Premier League title. Liverpool resumed their campaign at Merseyside rivals Everton on Sunday, June the 21st. It is still to be confirmed whether the game will go ahead at Goodison Park or whether it will be played at a neutral venue. But David Maddock in the mid believes the decision has been made. Yeah, we uh, understand that the, the meeting is going to take place now on, on Friday. Um, so, yeah, a, a final decision will be made there. But, yeah, David Maddock suggesting that the green light has been given for the game to take place at, at Goodison Park rather than a neutral venue and it's uh, a win for the city as a whole really not just Liverpool or, or Everton so yeah again it, it's one of those decisions that should really have been common sense but seemingly wasn't um, but yeah it, it seems like confirmation will come on Friday that the police and the council and the Premier League and the two clubs are all now in agreement that the right decision really is for, for this game to, to take place at Goodison Park as it was meant to be uh, the issue, of course, was that there was the suggestion that Liverpool fans could congregate outside the stadium to, to celebrate a potential league title win, which I think we've discussed it many times now. It's, it's complete nonsense. It, it wouldn't make any sense for them to do that, and it doesn't make any sense for that sort of stereotype to, to be in place, really, or or indeed for for both Liverpool clubs really to be picked on and, and singled out, because you know not every game is going to be behind. Uh, 
or not every game is going to be at neutral uh, venues, I should say. So, you know, why pick on, on certain groups of supporters? So I think, again, this is the right decision. It should have been common sense, but, but wasn't. Uh, but thankfully, ultimately, the, the right decision has been made. And yeah, I think if this confirmation does come on Friday, I think it will be a, a big relief for, for both clubs, really, because it was a, a bit of a thorny issue. And, you know, as, as much as it seems obvious to most people it, it could very easily have gone the other way I think on this one and uh, yeah thankfully Liverpool will be playing Everton very soon and, and it, it does look like it will be at Goodison Park as you say Good stuff Just a final one if Liverpool aren't going to be spending big on transfers this summer it does make you wonder whether the club will continue their policy of signing young players for the future like Harvey Elliott and there was a report during the rounds yesterday which originated in Yeni Aser, which Wikipedia reliably informs me is the oldest newspaper in Turkey. I did not know that. About two players who have caught the eye of the Reds, Matt, and, and good luck with some of their uh, pronunciation, <laughs> at least one of the players' <laughs> names. Yes, uh, so I'll, I'll start with the two names if I can. So Raviel Tagir and Burak Ince, apparently. Uh, Liverpool are, are interested, so... Tagir is a 17-year-old defender who's played 26 out of 28 games for his club this season. So that's the second tier in Turkey, which you know, for, for somebody of that age, I think is, is very impressive. And, and in, uh, if that is indeed how you pronounce it, is uh, a 16-year-old attacking midfielder. So, yeah, the, the report states that, that Liverpool would have to, to, uh, to sign them in advance of their 18th birthday, but they wouldn't be able to move to Merseyside until they were 18 because of issues over potential work permit and things like that. But uh, yeah, as you say, it's an interesting one because you know we don't expect Liverpool to spend big. Uh, we've seen, not just with Harvey Elliott, but with Seth Vandenberg, with Keanu Hoover, players like that. Liverpool over the last well, the, the last couple of years really have, have turned to, to younger players who almost signing the years the next generation of, of superstars but before they from them so you know you, you're sort of saving a huge amount in, in transfer fees and in wages and things like that you can get these players before they take the next step a bit like to be fair what, what Real Madrid have been doing you've seen how many Brazilian players they've plucked and, and sort of you know not spent as tiny a fees on them as, as what Liverpool have been doing uh, but certainly less than you know, say on Benitez Jr. for example, there's a lot less on him than the Martin had to have done if they'd have waited a couple of years. So, yeah, it's a policy that, that Liverpool and a few top clubs around Europe seem to be taking now, which is you know to, to scout these players and, and bring them in as young as possible. And, and certainly, you know, these two, 16 and 17, as I say, Liverpool would have to wait. Um, well, they could sign them now, but they'd have to wait to, to be able to use them in Liverpool until they were 18. But yeah, it'd be interesting to, to see if this is a deal or any other sort of younger players in, in this similar sort of situation. Because, as I say, Liverpool do have a, a policy and do have a history of doing this. So it's, uh, it, it wouldn't be a massive surprise. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. You know, you look at the uh, the club they come from, I think it's called Altenordo. Uh, and I was just reading about the subject last night as well. The fact that uh, they've they've had a few uh, good graduates to come from from the club, including uh, Kaglar Suyunku, who's obviously at Leicester City. But as you say, to, it's definitely a case of watching this space and let's see what Liverpool do next in the in the transfer market. Uh, thanks very much, Matt. That's all your headlines for this morning, Matt. You'll be back this afternoon, won't you, with Guy Clark for the latest edition of Agenda? What's it all about? Yeah, 
as for the dates, and Jordan Henderson's Liverpool. So, we're hoping to have a chat really about Jordan Henderson's career, look back on his achievements and his sort of up and down journey. I think it's, it's fair to say, certainly ending on an open, yeah, soon to be uh, a Premier League winning captain, having won the Champions League last season, of course. So, yeah, it's uh, a player that's caused a fair bit of division over the years, but yeah, certainly uh, one of those who. Is absolutely at the peak of his powers at the moment and, and one of Liverpool's most influential players. So, yeah, nine years to the day we, we sort of look back at, at the past nine years and, and also ahead to the future as well and, and see what could happen with, with him in, in the next few years. Yeah, I've had a sneak listen to that. It's a really good listen if you want to check it out. It's released about 3pm UK time on all your usual podcast platforms. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.